Hey guys, welcome back to the Podcasters Podcast. Today I'm joined with Kane again. It's been it's been a while, Kane. It's been a while since it was just us two. Not for our listeners. But for us as. Right, yeah. I'll tell you what, it might have been a while for the listeners as well, because I'm pretty sure most of our last few episodes have all been with other people. Mm, yeah, good point. And um, unless Dan swaps it all around. Yeah. Hopefully, Dan, if you're listening to this, can you get this one out on a Tuesday and one with another person out on a Friday? Cheers. Professional. Um, always leave voice notes for your editor. <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> right. So, so this, there, there is a topic. Uh, this episode is going to be about the things people forget and creators forget to do when looking for sponsorship on their podcast. Yeah, I think this is interesting because it's stuff we haven't spoken about. I don't think. So this is this would be good. I'll tell you what, 131 yeah, episodes into a podcast about podcasting. <laughs> to find new things. It's tough. It's absolutely clutching at straws. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously, number one is subscribe to the show. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, I felt awkward because if I guess, and I didn't want to encourage my listeners to like not pull over and to risk their lives by following the show whilst driving in front of our friends. Are they driving again now? Are we back to back to they driving? Might be. I lost track. It's been For anyone weeks. who's like, this is the first episode, they're like, what on earth are these idiots on? Go about? back and listen to the other ones and yeah. subscribe. Basically, we were going no, through something. No, don't even worry about it. They'll figure it out. They'll yeah, figure it out. It long, They'll figure it out. I know, genuinely, number one biggest mistake people make or forget to do when starting a podcast is polling their audience, finding out exactly what they are and who they are. Because you can get regions and you can get what device they're listening on. But because when you open Apple, Spotify, whatever, you don't need to input gender, age, all these things, we don't collect that data. So if you're approaching a sponsor, it's going to be so much easier for you to close one if you can know their income, what gender they are, what their interests are, what industry they work in, you know, stuff related to your content. And then you can feed that back to a sponsor and be like, here's the data, pay me. Especially if it's specific, like if you can statistically say 57% of my audience earn X amount of money or 30% of my audience are male. Like what if you can give an exact number to be like, instead of saying, oh, well, most of my audience are about this age. If you can say, well, this percent are this, it's, it, well, it's much better, obviously. And how'd you get it? First of all, I, I'd create one just on like a Google form and then I'd encourage people to do it by giving them some sort of giveaway. Like if anyone's listened to our launch episodes and things like this about getting to number one you know you always ethically bribe your audience give them some sort of prize giveaways a thank you so just get some sort of downloadable or you know just ask them hey if you fill this out you can get this just so you can start collecting this data and if you've got do it on social media if you can do it on email lists if you can start collecting it because then if you can say you know 82 percent of my audience said that they would rather buy from me than a TV advert or mm. social media. I'll tell you or, what, if you word it right, you could probably get that to a really high number. Go on. If you, if you were just to be like, are you more likely to buy something I recommend or that you see on a TV advert? And then there's only two options. I reckon mm. 95% of your audience have voted you. And then you'd be like, oh, well, 95% of my audience <laughs> said they will buy something from me. That's true. I like it. <laughs> so if you're it. smart about it as well, you can lie. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds smart. <laughs> yeah, really smart. <laughs> No, but I think it's a good idea. It's just good practice anyway for you to get to know your audience a little bit better because a lot of the time I have seen this in a, a roundabout way where as a podcast grows and they go, this is who my audience is, this is who my audience is, then they'll like launch a Patreon or they'll launch a community and loads of people will join it and it's like not remotely who they thought their audience mm. would be because how else would you know if, because it's all anonymous, right? You don't, there's no back and forth through podcasting. You can't see their face or their name or anything like that. It's not even just for sponsorship, is it? It is, like you say, if you've got a Patreon or you're looking to start your own business, own product, own merch, or the content, the guests you're after. It's true. So it, it re- 
it relates to everything. Mm. The more you can know about your audience, the the more accurate everything about your podcast will be. For sure. So the second one is pitch decks or one sheets. Now, from our sponsorship episodes, I said I don't really like just handing them out because then it's hard to have any sort of emotional connection, I suppose, with the person potentially sponsoring because it's so facts, figures, data. It's like, oh, have they hit the numbers we want? No. Okay, gone. Whereas on the call, you can start talking about other things you have available to them, tell them about your back catalog of content and dynamic ads and all of these other things. So the second one, one sheet. So what should you really put on there? So you're going to have one. Make sure it's really well designed. Pay somebody if you can, if you're not good at that sort of design work, get it really good. I think one of the most underrated stats that actually causes, this is a bit more of an emotional decision, but makes people think more highly of you is just top guests or top episodes. If you're doing interviews, I was having this conversation earlier, that if you've done 200 interviews, chances are you've had five like high or god tier guests <laughs> genuinely like if you've been yeah. podcasting enough and that's you know two, ones that you want to shout about you know yeah I mean? exactly that's like three four years worth of interviews you're gonna have five really good ones and you don't want to list 20 people on this so if you just list four or five people no one's gonna think oh i bet they've only interviewed those five but they're gonna think oh i know that name and that name and that name oh that's quite interesting so without even seeing your downloads your subscriber numbers or anything like that it's like immediately you are elevated in the way I perceive you because podcast numbers are hidden and nobody knows. It's like, oh, if I know the people you've interviewed, if they'll spend their time with you, clearly you are, you know, an authority or worthwhile in some way. And it doesn't even need to be like mainstream famous. Even if you're a hyper niche podcast, if you're trying to approach a company who's within your industry, they will still recognize those names within that industry. So that's one of the key statistics. It's not really a stat, but something I put on there. Now, things that can dress it up a little bit that don't really mean anything. So a few of our clients, their podcasts have been picked up, right? So the press have found it. So you'd be like, all right, as featured in GQ, Forbes, Daily Mail, whatever, stuff like that. Doesn't actually say anything specific. Some people pay for those features, but a lot of, if you get some good guests, you can probably get some free PR and stuff like that. It's like the number one thing, isn't it? At the end of the day, being a number one podcast doesn't mean that much other than it may be a little bit of organic traffic, but to shout about being a number one podcast. Oh, that brought me on to my next one. Saying you're a number one show uh, yeah. you are. Um, you know, if you've got loads of five-star ratings, listen note score, you know, I'm in the top 1% in the world. Well, what does that really mean? But, you know, that's valuable. Because so, you've got to think the people that you're approaching aren't in the podcast. Well, they might be to an extent, but they're probably not in the podcast game to the same level you are. They're not going to know that being a number one in a sub-niche is relatively easy to get to if you know what you're doing they're if not going to know to that podcast. top 2 point, yeah <laughs> top 2.5% in the world is quite a like is Fairly a possibility without it, you having to do it for years so yeah to these people it will it will appear far better than it actually is which is just what you want exactly um so those are some, some of the sort of easy stats and also those don't change right because once you're a you know average five star rating once you're been featured on these things you're not having to update them all the time now I'm personally not a massive fan of putting like podcast numbers on. Now, if you've got loads and loads of downloads and you can say like quarter of a million plus, half a million plus, a million plus, like amazing. But that's not most people. And you don't want to put on there like, oh, I get two and a half K a month or whatever like that. It doesn't look great. And even though that is, especially in like a, a niche podcast, that's amazing. If you've got two and a half thousand individual people listening to you, like that's mental. 
but I personally wouldn't put that on there. More things like um, guests, five-star ratings, all of that. And also, you don't want to be updating it all the time. That is true. I think if you've got good numbers in a specific niche, it's definitely worth doing because if you're approaching someone who's switched on, they're going to be like, well, how many sort of impressions am I going to get? And if you can say, well, I'm in a very specific niche and I've had 10,000 downloads in the last month, they'll be like, wow, 10,000 impressions. How much would I pay for that if it was on? Facebook ads to my specific audience, probably a lot of. Well, money. that's the thing is most people don't make those connections in their head. So you like that's why it's important to have this with you so that once you've had a call with somebody, I normally have the call, then send it. So then you can explain that sort of thing. It's like, right, because most people think, oh, I've got a thousand podcast listeners. This is what I see a lot of people say about their own show. But then you see people on TikTok with like millions of views, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like a 15 second clip and it's like a cute dog or something. It's like, you're talking for an hour every week about you know health and safety or whatever, and you've got a thousand people coming every single week to listen to that. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's not the same. So you kind of have to spend that thirty seconds explaining that to some people when you're talking to sponsorship, to sponsors. Sorry, so it's worth having. I think the biggest thing I've seen with negotiating sponsorship deals is success stories and case studies of previous ones. Now, if you haven't got one, don't worry. But what a lot of people will want, sponsors, that is, is once you've done a few, they want to see how well you converted and things like that. So that's way more important to them than your download numbers. Like, well, we ran a 12-week campaign with this brand. It's similar to you. This is the results we got. This is the revenue they created. They re-upped. They did another one. Amazing, right? They can see that. It's like, cool. That is money in the bank. We're good. Let's Here's some money. So... I think that kind of concludes that, unless you've got anything to add. I've got one, which is scarcity. It's, I mean, it's kind of basic sales, if you like. Don't come across as a beg for sponsorship. If you can make flip it to be like, well, why should you be the sponsor? If you can kind of position it so, oh, our current sponsor runs out on X date. We're currently going through potential companies who feel like you'd be a good suit to discuss a partnership from that day onwards and then talk to them about it. It was like, well, what would you need and why should we have you as a sponsor rather than someone else? If you can flip it to be like, you're fighting for my spot on my podcast rather than like, oh, I need a sponsor, I need a sponsor, I need a sponsor, then instantly you'll put more value on yourself, making it bespoke as well. I'm not a massive fan of like, oh, we have a sponsorship package like you can buy, like a click button, you buy sort of thing. Add the cart. Yeah, more of a, okay, let's have a discussion, see what we could do that would suit you, see if it suits us. And it just instantly puts more value around the the offering than having it out there as like a, a buyable option. Oh yeah. So I think when I'm negotiating one, I'll never give them an indication of price on the call. I'll send them an email after where it's just easily like bullet pointed broken down. And one thing that I'll do to sort of try and get more money, but kind of do that as well, is I'll give them an exclusive and a non-exclusive price. So essentially I'll say to them like, oh, we're speaking to quite a lot of people. There's a lot of interest. Let's say it's a thousand pound a week for 10 weeks for um exclusive like originally we'll be talking about let's say 800 pounds 800 pounds a week for 10 weeks non-exclusive or for just 200 pound more a week you can get exclusive and so you only add in on about 20 percent. yeah about 20 to 30 percent it sort of depends on the niche how much you think i you guess get if you're them. super popular and you genuinely do have a lot of interest you could you could double it yeah exactly it's like so i use this even if the client i'm working for doesn't have another sponsor lined up like, because then it's like 23%, it's a little bump. So instead of me getting one ad slot, I'm getting two to three. I'm not competing with anybody else on this. And I'm the sole sponsor for 12 weeks. 
for just an extra 20%. It's like, ah, oh, no brainer. Yeah, let's do that. And people always go for that one. Now, yeah, as you get really, really busy and lots of inbound, then yeah, you want to massively up that price and maybe you won't even offer it, right? Because if, <laughs> if you're fighting them away, then you might as well take the money. So that's something you can get. And it does help if you... Sometimes you have to bite the bullet and just get a sponsor just to say you've got one because it's so much easier to get one once you've had one and there's some social proof there. One, because like I said, analytics, you can track it and you can over-deliver for them and then that's a great case study for future ones and fine, you've basically given away your podcast for three months for pennies, but that's in my book worth it if the brand's right and you know they'll convert. But also, it's just social proof. If I'm listening to your show and I can tell other people have parted with cash to sponsor your show, now I'm more inclined to as well. And then when you're negotiating, let's say you sign up a three-month deal, once you've been live about a month and you've got another two to go, start approaching these sponsors. And like you say, oh, well, I've currently got one for another two months. And that works really well. So the client, I did um, four in a month for a client and it was two for three months and then two for the three months after that. So it's like, I let all of them know. I'm speaking to three other companies. We've got a a 12-week slot or two 12-week slots and then two 12-week slots. So if you don't make a decision now, you're going to be late. Is that okay? Yeah, it's late. It's okay. And then all four of them took it up. So that's much easier when you've got a lot of interest to be like, listen, I'd love to work with you, but my hands are tied. And it does flip onto them. Biggest one, when looking for their first sponsors or their first big money sponsors, People don't realize how well connected they probably are. Almost everyone I know has made huge, like big money sponsors like early on. It's because they know someone or they know someone who knows someone. So friends, family, yeah, maybe peers, some people. A really good place actually is things like summits and trade shows and like business events. They've got like thousands of people within your industry. Normally when you go to those and you're fairly well connected, that's normally where a lot of business is done. So just looking inwards a little bit in your contact book to think, mm, who do I know that might know someone? That's probably where the, the first door is. Because again, it's a bit more of an emotional decision. If somebody's, yeah, exactly. If it's a friend of a friend and somebody said, um, or I said to somebody, oh, listen, um, Ash has got this podcast. I, re- I reckon you should um, sponsor it, blah, 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 blah that person's way more likely to sponsor you because if I'm their friend or an acquaintance or I've done something for them, then I've endorsed them. That's going to be much better than you just message them on LinkedIn saying, do you want to give me money? Which is how most sponsors are found, but generally it's easy to do it this way. So definitely look into your network first. You don't know who you'll be connected to. Prepare some sort of pitch deck or one sheet. What else do we say? Ask your audience, but do some sort of, uh, what's the word? Not quiz. You got you got polls or yeah. a um, go on survey. That's the one survey. Yeah. <laughs> find find out what your audience want. Do a good one sheet, and I've already forgotten the last point you made. Well, I guess they just have to follow the show. Oh, that's the one I forgot. It, yeah, 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 just follow follow yeah. the podcast. The podcast. What? Literally, why are you not doing it? <laughs> you, <laughs> Here we go. He's getting aggressive. You again. are listening. Run. Open your phone. Preferably Apple. If not, fine. Whatever. Look, realistically, this episode's more or less finished, so you're going to have to open your phone anyway Yeah, to go Listen click to on the, the next, next episode, episode. Obviously. Right. Or if you don't like us, turn it off. But before you leave, just click follow. You've got, you're going to be on your phone anyway. What's going to take an extra 10 seconds? We'd massively that, appreciate it. If 10 seconds. Two or three. 
It depends how old they are. If you're carrying a baby right now, just drop it. <laughs> Use two hands. Make sure you've got firm grip on your phone. Hit the follow button. Is it? Is that too much to ask? Um, I don't know about the dropping baby bit, but I think the following's fair enough. All right, fine. I reckon they could probably still hold the baby in one hand. Yeah, I'll just Maybe just by its ankle. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>